Welcome to another episode of the Go With John Show. I'm John Jorgensen, and today I'm sitting here with Jimmy Lang. He's a former pro boxer with roughly 50 fights and 26 knockouts under his belt. Now he's a father, a motivational speaker, and an entrepreneur. Today, we're going to talk about his amazing boxing stories, some of the places he's been, and the people he's met along the way, as well as what he's up to today. So, Jimmy, welcome to the Long and Foster Studios in McLean, Virginia. Thank you very much for having me. So, tell us, uh, first of all, let's talk about boxing, because uh, that is uh, your passion in life. Yeah, greatest greatest sport in the world, one-on-one, and it's just from the very first day of stepping in into a boxing ring as as a small child i'm not talking about just me i'm talking about everybody right you know that you go in that that gym and it's 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 like hollow ground mm-hmm. and the culture of boxing really has helped to raise so many just very strong well-rounded young men right and it saved a lot of lives right well so how did you get into bo- i mean what was your first memory of boxing or wanting to be a boxer how old were you my first probably my first memory of of boxing i was i'm gonna date myself but my father used to take me to the fights and he, and he took me to this big place that you know he kept telling me about it and we're gonna go and we're gonna see this and everything and to me I had no idea what I was in for but he was where he was taking me we were getting on the train we were Mm -hmm. going to Madison Square Garden Mm -hmm. and we were going to see Roberto Roberto Duran Mm -hmm. in a comeback fight against Davey Moore Mm -hmm. and it was a zoo Mm -hmm. it was it was an absolute zoo and I, I saw a replay I a replay of it recently and it's funny because your memories kind of you look back and it and and when you see it again it's nothing like you remember but the but it was exactly like i remember mm-hmm. I, it, it was a sold out just i i, I i'll repeat zoo it yeah. was it was i mean when duran got in the ring it was just insane mm-hmm. and and he dismantled this this opponent mm-hmm. and it, it was like a king walking out i mean i don't think they carried him out of there but right. they, might, they might as well have <laughs> they might as well have i mean he was he just was top of the world right and that's that's my first memory i think so of, how old of, were you of, do you think you were when that happened? i would have been about seven six wow, or seven that's pretty young yeah yeah and and you know it was part of my life uh as a spectator, right. very young, mm-hmm. and and I was put into a gym. I, I I wasn't. I don't think I was necessarily put into a gym to become a pro fighter. You know, right. I, I don't think it was written in the stars. It was it was an activity. Right. And and so who put you in the gym? My father. And how old how old how old were you when you uh, hit the gym? It was around that time. Really? It was, it was around. Uh, I was about six or seven. Yeah. And um, it was a little gym down, and uh, it was in Falls Church, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And it was called Olympia Boxing Center. And I just took to it, and uh, that's what I ended up doing as a, as a life. Wow. So now, why did your dad put you? I mean, it's 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 not an ev- every day that a father takes his kid and puts him into a boxing club more or less at seven years old right was there some reason that your dad did that were you uh no i wish i could tell a, <laughs> i wish i had a uh an interesting story about being bullied or or you know and that and that and that was going to teach me to fight i think he intended on doing that the day i was born wow the the, the day that he saw that that i was a boy and yeah. and I, I think that was his intention. Because, yeah, so his passion was Because, boxing. like I said, yeah. f- for some people, there is n- boxing is the ultimate. Right, right. So, so, so let's fast forward. So seven years old, you're in the gym. How did it all evolve, your, your boxing career? It, it, it evolved very slow. Right. And, and that's 
so many people are impatient. And, and everybody's that, that, impatient. Yeah, every, everybody's <laughs> impatient. You know, the some of the biggest things in boxing, and I would I would parallel that to any kind of success, mm-hmm. is the ability to just hang in there. Right. Because you don't get better each day. Right. You it, it's it, it's weird. It's it, it's like you go at the same and you just can't get it. You just can't get it, and all of a sudden you get it. Right. You know, boxing gains for the normal guy. Now, I'm not talking about the the freaks of nature. Mm-hmm. Okay, the free, you know the the Mayweather's and the the mm-hmm. Ali's and those mm-hmm. kind of. I can't speak for them, mm-hmm. but for a regular fighter like me, I was. I really had to hang in there, and not see progress for a long time. Right. You know, long spells of time where I, I just felt like I was treading water and I wasn't getting it and I wasn't getting better. And mm-hmm. I, and then all of a sudden, boom, something happens and it's like a light goes on. And, right. and now you've conquered that, that we'll call it a level. Right. You know, and now you're on a different level. Now you're up here. Right. And now you're going to have to be Start. at that level and, yeah. and, and get better from there. Right. So it's, it's, it's not your, your, well, I'll get better every day. I go to the gym. You do. Mm-hmm. You just don't know it. So, mm-hmm. and your mind kind of plays tricks on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the work you're putting in on a daily basis. Yeah. So Brian Tracy used to say, or actually it was Jim Rowan, I believe would say you, you have to pay for your success in full in advance. <laughs> Pay your dues. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what we call it. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he's paid his dues. Yep. So let's talk about what was the first time. Do you remember the first time you ever got in the ring to fight uh, competitively? Yes. We were, God, we were, uh, I was probably about 11. Wow, that's pretty young. Which, Well, it's young, but you got guys out there six, seven, eight years old. Right. And, and, and they're rolling uppercuts like Muhammad Ali. I mean, they, wow. are, they are really good. Because they've been doing it since literally the day they're born, they're yeah. fighting, you know. And uh, the first we we were somewhere down in in Northwest, and they had a a smoker they mm-hmm. they, they call them, and uh, you know I got matched up. I did well. Yeah. Um, I don't think I won. I I think I lost, but it was it was a good learning experience mm-hmm. and from then i i was thrown into a little more into that culture right of you know swim or drowned right which that's pretty harsh but it's also essential mm-hmm. you know the mm-hmm. the the you got to go it's like you gotta you gotta beat the best to be the best, right? And right, right. and you've got to be around the best. You got to train with the best. You got to fight the best. Yeah. Or you're you're never gonna you're never gonna grow. Yeah. And there there there's a big mistake with today's boxing, is just frankly boxing is an inner city sport. Period. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's 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 a some for for a lot of the greatest fighters, it was a sport that they you know they used to eat. Mm-hmm. You know they mm-hmm. they they were poor kids from poor neighborhoods, and it was their only way out. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's the the combat sports are are much more mainstream, and and you'll get you'll get guys that are just crushing these I, I don't know how politically correct the the, the show is but <laughs> we'll call them yuppies you know what right. i mean and and they're just beating the hell out of all these yupp, yuppie kids that right. are that are fighting and and uh they take one trip over the bridge to where the the, the real gyms are mm-hmm. and you know they they just they can't hang even close and mm-hmm. it, it breaks a lot of a lot of these kids spirits mm-hmm. whereas if they were in there from the beginning right it it they they would have been brought up in that culture with, with, in that culture in, right. in with that with that level of competition yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it makes total sense. So, so let's talk about your professional boxing career. So, what, what, what are, what are some of the highlights? Like, of, of so, what are some of the highlights of your uh, pro boxing career? I, some I, of the most exciting moments for you. I had a very, very solid uh, pro career. So my one of my very top when it comes to exciting moments, was my my very first fight, mm-hmm. my first professional fight. And who was that with? It was, gosh, uh, it was Robert, a guy named Robert Hunt out okay. of D.C. Okay. And it was just such a long time coming, and the place was packed. We were at the D.C. Armory. Yeah. The place was packed, and I got no respect. Yeah. It was, it was, it was funny because... The guy came in to the dressing room, and you know when I say dressing room, I might as well say bathroom stall. Right. You know right. that was where I was changing, and and, uh, <laughs> and he says, uh, "Hey, white boy, what, what's your music?" He's like, "Music? You walk out music." And I didn't even know we were supposed to have have music when we walked out. You know, so so uh, he said. <laughs> I said, I don't have any music because you got to bring it and give it to the DJ. Yeah. And uh, I said, I don't have any music. And so he goes, uh, he says, well, here, look through this book. And I didn't have, I, I, 99 out of 100 of of the songs I had to choose from, I didn't recognize. (laughs) So what I did recognize was Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. And so I I come in. So I said, do that one. So yeah. that was my first entrance song. Yeah. And I came in and uh this they're feeding this this white boy to the lions. Yeah. Is is pretty much the attitude of the yeah. crowd. <laughs> and about halfway through the first round, I hit this guy with a right hand and buckled him and like, whoa, whoa, my good did you see that? Yeah. And uh it was a it was a good it was quick. Yeah. But it was a good little scrap, and I ended up knocking the guy out. Wow! And then, and then, then all of a sudden, hey, man, you you can fight. I didn't expect that. And, <laughs> and uh, it was just, it was a, it was a really good, good feeling and a, a fun night and, yeah. and uh, a great start to a to a career. Yeah, it brings you back for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was, a, awesome. it was a lot of fun. I was on, I was on the, uh, the uh, it, it was a. They called a reality show when mm-hmm. it was the most unrealistic mm-hmm. show possible for, 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 for about boxing. Right. But uh, Stallone and Ray Leonard, were, they put them together. They teamed them up to, mm-hmm. to do this NBC, The Contender. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, what an experience. What an experience. So you were on the show, The Contender. Yeah. The so first the first year, the big year with, okay. with, with, with Stallone. It was on NBC. Yep. And then, then it, it faded off into, into uh, like ESPN and then yeah. FX or something it like that. It rode off into the night. But, but our, our year was the big year. Awesome. Well, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about your uh, time on The uh, Contender. Okay. If you're interested in expanding your audience and growing your business, consider being a sponsor of the Go With John Show. If you're tuning in, so are potential customers. Head on over to GoWithJohn.com and one of our media experts will put a tailored package together that will meet your advertising needs. Again, that's GoWithJohn.com. All right, so Jimmy, welcome back. Um, so, so let's start. I want to hear about your time on the Contender, but first, tell me what was your absolute toughest fight you had. Let's talk about that real quick. You know, that's that's a question I get so often. There's there so many tough fights, but I've I've narrowed it down to one fight. Okay, okay, and it was a guy named Fontaine Cabell. It was for the. I believe it was a USNBC, which was the last step before you get to a world title. Right. And uh, one of the very few guys that I didn't like and I don't like. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm 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 dear friends with ninety nine percent of my uh, 
my ex my my opponents. <laughs> right. But um, I got hurt real bad in the very first round of that. We had we had previously fought to a draw. Okay. I, I didn't think it was a draw, but the judges did, and that's right. all that counts. So, and like I said, we didn't like each other. There was a lot of bad blood. And I go in now, great shape, ready to go. I was going to knock this guy out. And damn if the within the first 45 seconds, I had tore my rotator cuff. I, and I mean, it was bad. The, the, the doctor didn't know how I, I didn't just quit. Right, right then and you can see it on the tape I'm, yeah. it's almost like a thighsman type of a thing Ooh. where he comes over top and and yeah. just wrenches my arm and just proceeds i mean i can't i can't lift my arm so i'm i'm basically a one a one-handed fighter right so round two round three round four and uh you know you never really, you don't like to, everybody says, oh, I'll never quit. I'll never quit. But you do think about it, you know, you do think about it. And and I was getting, I was cut real bad and, and he was, I mean, he was talking to me a lot, you know, mm-hmm. talking to me. I mean, real vile stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, which that part goes, of the game that, that goes on. No, yeah. no big deal. But, and, and, you know, every time we got in a clinch, I mean, he was real rough, you know, mm-hmm. And, rough uh, with his words, or rough with everything, <laughs> rough with everything. You know? And and I mean, I I was I was getting hurt, you know. And I don't yeah. I, I hurt beyond, uh, you know. I was, physically and mentally. No, 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 no. I mean, I was I, I was damage was being the the worst this arm got. Yeah. You know, the it was damage was being done. Right. You know? And uh, I remember. I, and, and, and Angelo Dundee was in my corner. Mm-hmm. Okay, we he had come in. I, he worked with me for about five years, mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. is one of the fights he was working. And I don't know, is this a rated R or whatever? Can I just speak you go through? right ahead if so, it's a problem? He'll so take I say, care of it. <laughs> so I took my very first step. The only time I've ever ever I've never quit. Right. I've never quit. But I took my a step towards quitting, yeah. you know, and I said, Angelo, I can't feel my arm. Yeah. Because what I wanted him to say was, oh, well, I mean, if you can't feel your arm, give me one more round and we'll right. see, you know, you know, start to justify. And he smacked me in the, in, on the side of the face. Yeah. He said, your arm. <laughs> he said, you ain't going to hurt it no worse than you already are. Wow. He said, get your ass out there. Yeah. And, uh. This is Angelo Dundee yeah. and telling me, you know, this is like Vince Lombardi right. boxing. Right. And uh, I went out and, and I started to, when we would get in the clinches, I started to realize this guy wasn't, you know, he might be wearing down because he's not as rough. Mm-hmm. I remember I said to him, I go, man, but this is a hell of a fight, isn't it? And he said, it sure is. And I knew I had him. Because all that piss and vinegar was gone. You know? <laughs> because if I'd have said that two rounds before, it would have been right. F your mother, you know. Right, what I mean? right, so, right, right. But but it, it was, and I knew I had him, and and broke him down a little more. And I think it was it was the seventh or eighth round. I ended up knocking him out. And wow. Went in and, and and you know went in the next morning to get my arm rebuilt, and, wow. and it healed beautifully, and you know, I had several more. Big nights, wonderful. But that was a that was a real tough, grueling fight to get through. Yeah, yeah. Does this? Do, do you still feel the pain today when you talk about it? Do you, do you get butterflies in your stomach or? Not really. I no. miss. I miss it. Yeah. I miss the life. Um, but every you know, no, you can't do it forever. You just yeah. can't. Yep, yep. That's right. All right. Tell us about the contender. The contender was. It was. Uh, I remember being in the uh, in the dressing room. There was a fight, and uh, what was the guy's name? His name was Sammy Sparkman, and this guy was a a journeyman. You know, I was supposed to blow this guy out. Mm-hmm. I remember being in the in the, in the dressing room, and this someone came in and said, "Hey, uh, Ray Leonard's here with uh, with Stallone's brother Frank." 
<laughs> I said, I said, really? I didn't know why they were there. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're in the, in the audience. So I go out and, and this, this guy who's, he's got like a, he's probably 25 and 15, you know, which mm-hmm. is not a stellar record, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to blow this guy. This guy beat the out of me for, <laughs> for 10 rounds. I mean, just, I was sick on top of it. I yeah. had some kind of flu. Yeah. And I remember I knocked him down in the first round and he just came back and for 10 rounds, just I really, really gave it to me. I now, now I won the, I did win the fight. Mm-hmm. I want, you know, mm-hmm. so I guess he couldn't have beat me up too bad, but there was doubt with the decision. It was just a, a, a real lackluster performance by right. by me, you know, and so they they came in. The, the official came in. He said, uh, uh, "They want to come in and talk to you," uh, and I wasn't talking to nobody. I was all beat up and bruised, right, right, over right. and I just said, "I'm I'm not talking to anybody." Right. And uh, I found out that they had been there to scout me for this uh big show that was coming up this big boxing show and uh i didn't want to do it yeah you know i I didn't want to 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 do that because the word reality show was in my mind i wasn't going to make a joke out of this show and most reality shows i had seen were a joke right and and so i agree the i agreed to go and uh, quotation marks try out, and and uh, that was in L.A. and and even though I I never had any intent, even if they picked me, I wasn't going to do it, you mm-hmm. know. And they it was down to the last fifty people uh, out of thousands of of tryouts and everything. And I remember you were we were all sequestered; we couldn't see or meet or 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 know each other we had to train in private mm-hmm. for the for the people that were casting we had an interview in private everything was private mm-hmm. i remember i get a knock on knock on the on the door we were there something like four or five days right completely sequestered and right. uh it's a knock on the door and it's sly <laughs> and and you call him sly you don't call him sylvester he don't like that yeah <laughs> but and it's sly and i'm i mean that's rocky man he, mm-hmm. I mean, he. St- I had never met him before, mm-hmm. and he's standing at the at the door. He said, "Hey, I want to talk to you." You know, I said, you know, how you doing? And I remember it was it was funny because I was watching, uh, on the waterfront, mm-hmm. and he's, I, I brought it, we, we, I brought it with me, and I, I, I had like fifty movies that I brought because I right. knew I was going to be waste time. He says, "I," he, he, and he tells me this story. Um, he says, this guy here, see him? His name's Lee J. Cobb. So I said, okay. He says, I wanted him. He was my favorite actor coming up. He says, and I wanted him to be the promoter in Rocky. And he agreed, and we sat down, and some, he used a bad name, but casting director asked him to read this part mm-hmm. and I could have killed this guy because Lee J. Cobb, he says, look, I ain't never read for a part in my life. He says, take your movie and stick it. Yeah. He looked at me, he said, oh, good luck. And we lose, you know, we lose this guy who was my, it was a dream to be in the, in the same movie as this guy, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh, on the last day of shooting, his brother comes over to me. He, he says, Lee J. Cobb just died. And it was like this eerie feeling. He, he, this is Stallone talking. It was, right. it was like it, it, my whole body went cold. He goes, God, it's just that missed opportunity. and Because and, mm-hmm. that was a dream, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was just a little behind-the-scene tidbit about mm-hmm. You know that the 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 making of Rocky and the com- comparing it to the on the waterfront and so mm-hmm. on and so forth, but um, you know I he said you know you don't you don't want to be on this show why wouldn't you want to be on the show with all the opportunities I said I said I'm doing okay now and and I'm not gonna stand 
as much as I love boxing, I'm not going to go in and, and, and make a joke of it mm -hmm. uh, in, in a reality show. I say these reality shows are, are ridiculous, mm -hmm. you know, they're, and, and they, 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 they make people look ridiculous in them. And I'm not going to do that to boxing. And he says, well, you know, this is different. And, and you know, I'm, you know what boxing's done for me. And mm -hmm. I love boxing and so on and so forth. And he, he talked me into it. And, I mean, I agreed. with. I mean, it, it is Rocky Balboa sitting there talking to me. So <laughs> How do you I say got, no to Rocky? Yeah, you, don't, you don't. You don't. You don't. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I agreed to go on it. And, and that was it. So... So how much time did you spend? So so how much time? Yeah, how much time did you spend on that show? God, we. You said it was one season or two. Well, I was on. I was on one season. Okay. The next season, it didn't get picked up by NBC. Okay. It okay. was. Uh, I forget what they called it. It was some kind of artsy word they used, but but uh, it was it was very very successful that mm -hmm. that one season. Um, I, I got fan favorite I was yeah. voted fan favorite. They had a open cat, open voting thing. Yeah. what did you get for um, that? Uh, I got to fight the second place fan favorite. Okay. <laughs> at Caesar's palace. Okay. In, at the, um, at the finale, which I won. So, nice. and that was a, uh, pretty uh, large purse that I was I, I won for that nice, fight. Nice, and uh, you know the whole thing was just a. It opened a door out out west that I had never seen, and and the the connections and the contacts and and the stories that 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 opened for me mm -hmm. are priceless. Wonderful, and I, I don't think there's enough time on this show to, to tell them all, but yeah. you know, there, there, it was just a, it was a, it was a great experience. I made, made some money. It put me in an international living room instead of just a East coast mm -hmm. in the United States living room. Mm -hmm. And that, and that was reflected in the crowds that after the, 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 I mean, of course we use it as a promotional tool afterwards. Right. And, you know the crowds grew and popularity grew, and it was it was good all the way around. Wonderful. Unfortunately, I didn't I did I I didn't win the whole thing, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't trade it. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, never turn down a meeting is what I say. <laughs> right. Yeah, no a lot of stories about, about that. All right. So tell us about you've got a really. Uh, somebody told me to ask you about because uh, I don't know this story, so I have no idea what's coming. But you had a, you had a phone call with a uh, famous uh, boxer. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, so I know what you're talking about. There, there's actually, if you turn that over, the, yeah. that that calendar. Yeah. So I've got a calendar you brought in yeah. for the folks. So that turn are, it over. Okay. So that that is Jimmy Glenn. Okay. Right? Now Jimmy Glenn is a is a an old school all time great cut man. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, he he was one of the casualties recently of COVID. Oh my god. Uh, at ninety years old. That's awful. Um, uh, but he's got a place. He runs a bar in in Times Square. Okay. And and uh, you know just one of the closest guys in my as far as my career. He was probably you know top one or two guys mm -hmm. as far as relationship me and him. And he used to come here to train and, and, you know, for camps when I would have him here or I'd go up to New York. And I remember he, he came here one time. So he's sitting there and he's, he talk, talk loud all the time. And he's talking to this one and yelling at that one. And, yeah. and he, he wasn't, he was never yelling. He was just talking loud. And, uh, he was sitting on the couch and, and he's talking to some guy. Oh, 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 I mentioned that he had a, a little bar. He, right. he owned a little bar in, in New York. Yeah. So there was a guy, he had a bartender named Mike who I, I really liked Mike, but I, but it was, it was like, a I would always mess with him. You know, yeah. I would, I would, I would always, I'd come in and shoot the breeze and, and we would 
bust each other's hump, you know? Right, right. And uh, so he's talking on the phone, and I mean, he's talking to Mike like you would talk to a guy that works for you, you yeah. know? And uh, he's like, I can't find nothing. I think the number's in my pocket. Hold on. Talk to Jimmy Lang. Yeah. Talk to Jimmy Lang right now. I'm going to get the number. Talk to him for a minute. Yeah. So, so you know, he keeps saying, Mike, Mike, Mike. He hands me the phone. I say, hey, man, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> hey, how you doing? And my dumbass, I didn't recognize the voice. <laughs> I say, I say, what are you over there drinking up all the profit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. What to, nice to talk to you. Yeah. And I just, I kept on, right. you know, probably about 90 seconds of, yeah. uh, of making fun of Mike Tyson thinking it's Mike the bartender. Right. You know? And <laughs> he's a, and so it, I, he goes, ah, I found the number. And he, give me the phone. And so I, I hand him back the phone. I, you know, I said, all right, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see you next time I'm up there, you know. He, all right, God bless. And, and Mike wasn't a God bless guy, you know. Right. And uh, Mike the bartender. Right. <laughs> and and I, hand, I hand him back. And I said, I are you sure that was Mike? He said, it was Mike Tyson. <laughs> And so he gets back on the phone with Mike Tyson, and, and I say, Jesus Christ, man, I hope Mike Tyson never meets up with me and realizes <laughs> that I was the little skinny little jerk that was messing with him, you know? Yeah. But He's got a sense of humor, I hear. I'm sure he does, yeah. but, I, you know, it depends on what mood, mood he's in. Yeah, that's true. You know? That's right. Every time I've ever actually met him, couldn't be a, a nicer, humble guy. Yeah, that's what I've heard. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's there, pretty there's funny. so many of those guys in boxing, man. They, they, yeah. There's so many guys that get a bad rep because their 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 personality in the ring that they use to sell tickets mm -hmm. is different mm -hmm. than their real personality. Right. I, right. Mean, uh, I mean, of course, it, it, people don't judge Anthony Hopkins on uh, Silence, Silence of, of the, the Lambs, Lambs you right. know. Yeah. But. They'll they'll judge a a fighter and a, a sports figure who has to have a certain personality. I mean, you got to put they they say if you don't put asses in seats, yeah, you ain't gonna do nothing. Even yeah. if even if your skill warrants it, it's yeah. still entertainment, and right. you got to sell tickets. Right, right. And I think I think that you know what what your what your you mentioned earlier that you're friends with a lot of your 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 opponents. Sure. And I think, I think in life, in many professions, you know, you get two lawyers that go into a courtroom and they go at it hard, uh, sometimes for weeks and weeks and weeks sure. in a trial and they come out and they shake hands at the end of it. It's the same with boxing and, 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 and they have professions. a, and they have a drink at the club. Exactly. You know, it, yeah, exactly. It's, it's no different. It, yeah. It's very, very similar. Yeah. Fantastic. I love your stories. They're, they're really <laughs> amazing. So listen, let's take another quick break. And when we come back, I want to hear about your motivational uh, speaking uh, business, and I want to hear uh, some of your thoughts on what it is to be a father. Sounds good. A lot of folks think that building a custom home is a complicated and arduous process. It doesn't have to be. At Stanley Martin Custom Homes, we have the process down to a science. We will bring you through the buying, design, and building phase one step at a time. Head on over to webuildonyourlot.com and check us out. Reach out to us if you want to get started on the path to your very own Stanley Martin Custom Home. So, Jimmy, during the break, you told us about um, a, an, an experience you had with Ryan O'Neill. So can you share that story uh, uh, with us uh, again? Yeah, we. I, this has been, this could be 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, I got a call to do a charity and box Ryan O'Neill. Yeah. So, of course, I had heard of Ryan O'Neill, and I'm a movie movie buff and and um so i say sure well, yeah uh so i go out and you know i've done these things 
a few times. Like I did one with Mario Lopez, and uh, you would have thought he was going to the to the gallows. You know, he he was he begged, me, hey, please don't you know don't you know I'm not a professional. You, but but I got to make it look good. You know right. what I mean? And anyway, but Ryan O'Neill, I'm sitting in the dressing room, yeah. and I hear you Lang. And it's, I look up, and it's him. And I say, hey, how you doing? He goes, I just want to come in here and see whose I'm kicking today. <laughs> and I'm telling you, he was serious. Yeah, and how, how old was he at the time, do you think? He was he was probably about 70. Yeah, and how old were you? And he, uh, 30. And you're a 30-year-old professional, <laughs> professional boxer. Professional <laughs> boxer. And he couldn't give a yeah, he was in, and he loved boxing. Yeah. It's the head and, game, though. It's and the he sport. Loved, it's the, yeah. it's the confidence. And yeah. and I'm thinking to myself, God, you know, he's he's a funny guy, you know. <laughs> and 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 we go out and we put on a good show, and yeah. he hit me with everything he had, and. Yeah. Didn't take a backward step, yeah. and we we made it look great. It was yeah. a great performance, and the crowd was pleased with it. Yeah. And and uh, it was a really really good night. Yeah. But it I, it just struck me because these these uh, you know a lot of these actors these these tough guys and everything they're not real tough guys. Yeah. And but but he. He he was he, there was he no is. fear there was no fear yeah. no nothing yeah. and you know he didn't ask me to take it easy his yeah. people didn't ask me to take and uh, it was just it was a good experience and he comes in the dressing room afterwards and he says hey uh, if you ain't got nothing to do tomorrow come come on over to the house we'll have some lunch yeah and I so I went over there right right on the ocean in uh, Malibu. Uh-huh. And it's him alone. Yeah. He's making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> and uh, he took me up and showed me the uh, the, Fer- the Farrah Fawcett painting, the Andy Warhol. Yeah. And uh, we just sat and talked boxing for a few hours and, and I left. But it was, there was, you know, no airs about him. Right. He was, he was just a, he's just a, a man's man, you know. Passionate and, about boxing. Yeah. And, yeah. He loves boxing, yeah. And we were we compared knowledge and trivia and everything yeah. else, and had a had a, it was really fun. Yeah, and you guys have been friends ever since. Yeah, yeah. yeah he called whenever there's a big fight. We usually we usually talk on the phone about it yeah. and uh, make our predictions. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, right now he's locked away, at, which and I guess. Being locked away in 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 Malibu, he, but because of the COVID, you know, right, right, right. Talked. He's not in jail. He hasn't no, committed no, no, a crime. He's locked that away, we're locked away like the rest of us are, and and uh, I can't wait to get out there and 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 see him again. Yeah, awesome. That's a wonderful story. All right, so let's talk about let's talk about uh, your dad. So you have five kids. Yeah, I you got, have two sets of twins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we got. I didn't realize what kept causing all these kids. <laughs> And finally, <laughs> listen, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, we, we got lucky. Uh, 18 year old boys. Yeah. Twins. And twins. Yeah. yeah. I got a, uh, a little, she's little to me, but she's not little anymore. 16 year old daughter. Right. Single. And then a 10 year old boy, girl twins. Yeah. And you know, it it is just how it sounds. It's a it's a beautiful chaos. Right, right. You know, right. Every, each, they're all for the most part different. So you know, it, it's it's isn't that amazing? It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, the twins you think are going to be alike. Yeah, the the twins are nothing alike. Yeah, that's why I have twins. Either set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're completely opposite. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's, so, how many of your kids box? Uh well, the the babies don't. Right. The baby wa- wants to, but so how old is the baby? The old, the, well, the baby the, the, by one minute is ten. The ten-year-old okay. twins. Okay. okay, okay, but you started boxing when you were seven. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm not sure how. It, it's you know, it, I think it's custom. Yeah. It, it you got to customize it. They're sure. not they're not ready yet. You know, right, some right. guys are, some guys aren't. Right. But the older boys are boxing. Yeah. And 
they're pretty good. They, yeah. They're they're kind of taking the same path that I took. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, I mean, it's crazy because I'll move around with them a little bit. Yeah. And I can't really do that anymore because they hurt me. And I mean, <laughs> and the only and and the only way to keep from getting hurt is to hurt them. So right. I'm what that. Sh- tells me is is I ain't that much better than them anymore to yeah. where I can just control them. Yeah. I mean, they really, really hit hard. Yeah. You know, I think a lot harder than I did. I There's no way to know how hard right. you hit, you know? Yeah. But it, it's funny watching these these little things that you met and they were six pounds old and yeah. and they were helpless and now they're, they're driving and they're... Kicking your they're, tail. Kicking everybody's tail. That's amazing. You know, and, and yeah. they, <laughs> I mean, this sounds stupid, but, you know, when did you become a person? Yeah. You know? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what, so what do you love most about being a father? That's a good question. See, I that's just, my, just, that's my whole goal you, you always, on every, if I could just you get everybody give me, you to You want to stop me in, the, in, in, in my tracks, <laughs> I think. What do I love about being a father? Yeah. I love my kids. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not, a, you know, I don't, I don't wear the, I'm a father as a badge of, of, of honor because just cause you got that title doesn't, right. doesn't mean nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And. I don't say I'm a good father. I don't say I'm a bad father. That's right. for my kids to judge, and the game ain't over yet. When right. they're, you know, maybe when I when I go, or you know, maybe in 20 years, 30 years, they could say, "Hey, the old man was uh, was okay," or the right. old man was a piece. Of Either way, <laughs> you know, the the kids are the ones that judge whether or not you're a good father or not, right. whether you did right by them. Right. How important is it to you that they continue their boxing career? Is that important to you or you want them to chase their own dream or not at all? Not at all. I don't, yeah. I don't, as a matter of fact, I don't have a whole lot to do with their boxing. Okay. I'm the, uh, I don't train them. Right. I, I mean, I'll, I'll train with them and, and show them stuff. I yeah. talk to them a lot about it, but, but I don't train them. It's not a father son thing. Right. Um, I don't personally like seeing, seeing them get hit. Yeah. You know, I don't want them to have some of the some of the physical damage that I am still dealing with today. Right. You know, right. having trouble putting your pants on. Uh, <laughs> you know, because you can't lift. You know. Yeah. You know, and and you know, with hip injuries and different stuff. I don't. I, I don't know. Somebody who's been through it. I don't think is is real gung ho about their kid, someone they love, you know, going through it. Sure. I mean, my, one of those, one of the boys that that boxed, that boxes, uh, when he was playing football, he played high school football. Yeah. And I mean, it was it was like watching a car crash. I hated it. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah. And, but it's not familiar to me. Yeah. Boxing is familiar so i know that certain things that may look bad aren't bad mm-hmm. still you know boxing is not a nice thing it's not right. a nice it's not a nice business it's yeah. not even a nice sport it's 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 rough yeah yeah it's rough it, and it, it's raw it's, it's a very good sport mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. it's not a real good business and, right. and 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 it's not a nice sport yeah you know so you know, I'd I'd like the kids, I'd like the boys to be uh, something, you know, something that's not going to rattle their brain, as yeah. as, as <laughs> Ali as Ali said. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, no doubt. Just no you doubt. can't be more honest than that. I mean, I, yeah. it's it's you know, it gives you some pride to see your kid up there doing it, but. If I had a choice, I'd say no. I'd rather them take a different path. So you didn't encourage him, and you didn't discourage him. No. Okay. No. Okay. Well, that's a good mm-hmm. father right there. Mm-hmm. You're letting them uh, chase their own dream. Yeah, they're. Yeah. I ain't gonna stop them. Yeah. If they if they want to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They yeah. know I don't want them to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But good. I, you know, they, they give me, I give them the respect just the same way my mother gave me. Mm-hmm. My mother, I know my mother didn't want me to box, mm-hmm. but she never told me that. Mm-hmm. 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 You know, which is, you know, isn't that nice yeah. that you don't have your mom 
constantly giving you, giving you the oh how could you do this crap? Yeah, <laughs> she was great, and she was she was ringside for every fight I ever wow. had. You know, yeah, and probably felt and, just and, like you and feel and watching hated, your, yeah. and hated watching it. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So. Cool. All right, so let's let's talk about life after athletics. So we we were talking a little bit also on the break about just in general when you're a pro athlete and the lights go out. Uh, life is generally not kind to um, retired athletes. So, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's. I think you put it very mildly. Um, not to be cynical, but just through experience, both personal and observing very close friends in the business and I'm I'm going to say I'm not going to say the boxing business I'm going to say the entertainment business right. because sports is that's an entertainment business mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and Hollywood things like that I mean even what you're doing is enter, the entertainment business we hope. so so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm going to say the entertainment business right it is an absolute what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. Business, mm-hmm. and it is a die. You get die-hard people that love you to death, and literally forgot your name the next day. Yeah, well, they love you to death, and they leave you to die. Right. Perfect. I've never heard that. I've never heard that, but I'm well, gonna I just steal, made it up. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> I'm going to steal that. You should, you should patent that. Cause that is exact. Yep. They love you to death, but they leave you to die. Yep. Yep. And like I said, it, it's pretty cynical, but I've seen too many guys on top of the world and then, you know, it's lose my phone number when you can't produce those thrills for these people. Right. You know? Right, right, right. So, so what do you, what do you, uh, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, what can be done, or what should you do, or what, uh, what are you doing? You know, life after being a pro athlete. What is your uh, mission? Well, I, I have several. You know, you don't, you don't just have one. Right. You have, you know, I have a long time, and this has evolved quite a bit into all kinds of different ideas. Um, and that is to run a gym. Yeah. And to run a gym is, is, is putting it lightly. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's so much more than, than running a gym, owning a gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that with my experience, I know what it takes t- to run a gym. Right. I know the kind of gym that reaches all walks, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because the kind of gym that, that people want to go to and train sometimes ain't the kind of gym I came up in. Right. So you got to give, you know, you got to give different, different choices. And, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to give my whole idea sure. on, on this show here, sure, but, sure. but, but I think I think it evolves. My ideas have evolved for for twenty, thirty years, you right, know. Right. I mean I still think that stuff I thought when I was fifteen years old is maybe work. Maybe work more now than it would then. Right. You know? Right. But like I said, the prep is not there. Mm-hmm. Because you mm-hmm. get in this mindset when you're an athlete. Mm-hmm. A lot of athletes. Right. Okay. Um, all I got to do is my road work. All I got to do is work on that jab. All I got to do is win. All I yeah. got to do this and that. And they don't plan for the future because right. the future's now. Yeah. The future's winning and the future is m- being in and maintaining the physical level that you're at. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, you never think the day will come where you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You never think the day will come. Isn't that amazing? And yeah. the the day not only comes, 
it comes real quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of guys that got have gotten gotten taken care of money wise and investment right. wise, but twenty times that have been taken advantage of. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I know Joe Gibbs uh, has a, a, a charity, Youth for Tomorrow, and uh, I've been to a couple of those charity events, and he talks about, you know, the original Redskins, you know, the Joe Jacoby, the John yeah. Riggins, and Dexter Manley, and a lot of those guys who made made the sport never made the money. They never yeah. even had the opportunity on the front end to get paid, sure. uh, you know, to invest it. So it's, uh, yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely a tough gig. So what else are you doing? You're doing some you're doing some motivational speaking. Yeah, I, and, and I, you got it, but you also have, you also have a charity for um, for youths. A it, tell it, me about it's, that. It's it's more like a mentoring mentoring program. Okay, and you know, I go around to different schools, mm-hmm. all the way from D.C. up into West Virginia, mm-hmm. and talk to these kids I, usually they're they're like at risk type of schools right and you just do your best to co- to to connect with them you know you go big group or you go real small groups right and you interact with them yeah. and you try you're not going to you're not going to reach them all right and you go into it knowing that yeah so you try to peak interests there and then identify that and follow up with it yeah you know to get these kids into something into a diff onto a different track than they're already on which is usually the track on on its way to drugs and jail and everything else right you know and if you can you know any, any anybody can go up in front of 500 people and make a speech and go mm-hmm. home and whatever mm-hmm. and not really not really make a difference mm-hmm. but if I think if you can do it one at a time two mm-hmm. at a time mm-hmm. where now don't get me wrong I'm not going up making making a speech in front of one guy right but I'm saying well you are today you well there's two guys <laughs> there's two guys <laughs> no. but it it's you you use that initial presentation mm-hmm. as a as a tool to kind of open open up with, with with these kids and get them to open up to you right and as a result you know there's there's been a difference made mm-hmm. there's with with a few few kids some kids that I thought I was really doing something for really really making a difference mm-hmm I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, so you can't really, you can't take it personal. Right. Or else you'd quit. Yeah. 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 So what got you started in that? What got you in front of the kids to begin with? Gosh, you know, I was still fighting. Um, I had a, a teacher named Ari Klein in, uh, I don't even know. It's got to be 15 years ago, and she and she wrote me a letter, and and uh, she was up up towards Leesburg area, which mm-hmm. I live in Leesburg now. But mm-hmm. back back then, I was still in Arlington, yeah. and uh, and that was a drive. And there was nothing between when you passed Sterling. There was nothing until you got to yeah. Leesburg. Yeah. Except the Xerox. Tyson's corner was woods. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, no I, I think I'm I'm going back. I think I'm. Tyson's two was certainly woods. Yeah, Tyson's yeah. two was was wood. Anyway, um, she wrote me a letter, and 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 I saw that she was close, and she said she was having some real problems with some real dangerous type kids and I said I'll come out there and I'll mm-hmm. I'll talk to these kids mm-hmm. and uh you know I was a lot younger a little I was a little more of a hothead too you know <laughs> and shocking and I always remember <laughs> I, I always remember a story about Sinatra would go to boys clubs you know reform schools yeah you know and he he would 
he would tell you, any you any young punks want to take a shot at me, come on up, you yeah. know. And I always had these visions of saying that to yeah. these real tough. I mean, I mean, these are these are these are no joke, little gangbangers, you right, know. Right, right. And I always had this, you know, this visions of I ain't gonna take no from these little, you know, I'm gonna yeah. tough love <laughs> and everything else. And uh, but hell, nothing but respect. Yeah. Nothing but decency. Yeah. My my. My dream of be of pulling a Sinatra never came true, and <laughs> and you make real friends and you don't the dividends aren't paid the dividends are paid when you see these kid the, these these gang banging kids yeah uh, ten years later at the mall right. walking with their family yeah their kid and their wife yeah and 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 they got a job yeah. And they and they they made good instead yeah. of you you lost another one right you know? right right so yeah that that's kind of the that that's kind of the 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 way that's gone I'm still I'm still f- very good friends with with the lady I mentioned Ari mm-hmm. Klein mm-hmm. and she's still in the in the system and she's still having having these. Guys that are that are uh, it's mostly guys yeah uh, that are uh, you know tough guys that yeah. that that really they really benefit by being around a tough guy right and seeing what a real tough guy can do right you know instead of a, a guy with a gun yeah you know yeah and it, and it, and you know sometimes it makes a difference and sometimes it doesn't yeah that's the mentoring type of type of part part of what I do the you know, and then sometimes. Uh, it has nothing to do with kids, you know. I'll, I'll get a company uh, who who likes my message, but they want it a different way. Right. And they, you know, they'll they'll have me talk at one of their uh, expos or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a different. Everybody loves boxing. Mm-hmm. Everybody want mm-hmm. you know, it. It's something that they couldn't imagine doing. Right. You know? Who. What kind of moron goes in to a to a ring to punch a guy and get punched in the face? Yeah, I'm not going to comment because you, know? you, you, still, you still take <laughs> you me know? out. No. No, I shouldn't say moron. I, I shouldn't say moron. I should say what kind of crazy. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so people don't people don't connect with it like they do other sports. Yeah. I never I never and, I never and, understood. I, I mean, I, I can appreciate a fight, right? I think yeah. we can all appreciate a yeah. fight, but I never did understand the the mentality of somebody who wanted to do that professionally. You know, it's uh, it's it's, it, and that's one of the reasons why. It's you know, so the funny thing to is, chat with you about it. You know, the funny thing is, I don't necessarily understand it. Yeah. You know, I don't. Beside if besides ego, mm-hmm. you know, besides uh, enjoying. The attention, right? I I don't know. I'm not sure that I understand it either. It's a different type of a presentation. It's a I'm a different yeah. kind of a of a guest. Yes. Be, and and it's kind of it's more cutting edge. So guys, so companies that want to kind of mix things up and for their employees and things like that will bring me in. Yeah. To give a presentation. And it's a real mix-up. Right. It's a right. real shake-up because people don't understand a fighter. Yeah. And I said, yeah, what kind of a moron? I didn't yeah. mean that. But you, know, you don't understand this guy. I mean, I, I, don't, I personally, I don't understand a lion tamer. Why yeah. would you want to go in? You know, so to me, that's going to fascinate me. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, we're yeah. no different than, than a lion tamer. We're going in. To hurt and get hurt. Yeah. Legally. Yeah. And win. And win. And I think that's probably the parallel because as I'm sitting here as a business owner and as a salesperson my whole entire life, I, I, I hear so many parallels about, the, you know, when you talk about training. There's nothing There's nothing better as when it comes to parallels. Yeah. You can parallel 
any any yeah. situation in real life exactly. with boxing. But but you but you talked about getting to the plateau in boxing. You do that in your career, right? No matter what your career is, no matter what you if you want to be a rocket scientist, a salesperson, a business owner, an, an attorney, you know, you learn and you train and you get to this plateau and then you're stuck there for a while and you yep. keep learning, training, then you get to the next level and it's and you're doing it physically and mentally because yep. you've got I mean, Ryan O'Neill came in and he dropped the mental game right on your lap, <laughs> uh, you know, and he certainly got your attention, um, you know, and you, you, you mentioned hey, the other fight. Uh, go ahead. And this was a 70 year old guy yeah. who I was doing a favor for. Y right. OK. Right, right. And he still had me thinking, <laughs> am I going to have to kick this guy's ass or yeah. what? You know, and and. And how good is this guy, or how crazy is this guy, yeah. really? What's really going? Right. So yeah, he he put that mental game on me, and it you know it turned out to be fun, and it's all memories and everything, and I got a good friend out of it. But but yeah, the it, both sides of it, and the parallels to re, to, to real life. Yeah. Because In it business. Yeah. Because it ain't real life. Right. Right. It, it, that squared circle ain't is not real life. Right. But there's a lot of parallels. Yeah, there's there that, that, are. That hundred yard football field is not real life. Right. That that movie you're watching up on the screen is not real life. Right. But you know, yeah. it, it it certainly mirrors it. Yeah, and I can certainly see why corporations would want to have you come in and tell your story and talk about winning and tenacity and you know, yeah. you know, it's all, it's all, it's all the same thing. If you don't have the will to win, you will never win. Simple as that. Simple as that. Jimmy Lang, thank you for coming in. Great story. So before we wrap it up, is there anything you want to say to the folks out there? Do you have another story you want to tell? Do you have oh, man, uh, I don't, any, any, any story? Let's see. What's a good story? Sorry, uh, yeah, give me a good story. You got one more in you. I'm trying to think of uh, uh, the the problem is I, I I forgot which ones I've told already. Um, <laughs> which, which ones? Uh, let's see. Box. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a good story. All right. And nothing funny about this. It's just a feel good story from my one of my probably top. Well, we just lost one of my top five or so favorite fighters in Marvin Hagler, rest in peace. Mm -hmm. But it was a guy, another one that's passed. His name was Alexis Arguello. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you know anything about he was a, a Nicaraguan. Okay. And, I mean, he was a superstar. Right. Absolute superstar. A uh, million-dollar fighter who, when – when he walked the streets, people grabbed at him. He was like, you know, he was like a uh, Elvis Presley type, you know. Yeah. So we're in in uh, Madison Square Garden. It might have been Atlantic City, but um, in comes Alexis Arguello. Oh my God! Look, it's Alexis Arguello. I can't believe it. And I used to all I all I used to do was run around and get autographs and stuff, you know. So yeah. I see Alexis Arguello, and I got a chance to meet him. Yeah. But I can't get to him because they're mobbing him. Right. You know? And somehow he saw me, and he made a little motion with his hand, like yeah. to part the Red Sea, and yeah. it did. <laughs> and I walked up to him. Cause, you know, I was like one of the only kids, in, uh, you know. Yeah. So that's why he did it. And he says, hey, come here, you're going to sit with me. And... uh he let me sit next to him for about 15 minutes while we watched the boxing match yeah. and, and, and talked about the fights. He gave me, and I'm not BSing. People think this is too crazy. He, he, he took out these glossy photos. Right. And he autographed it. And on the back, he wrote his number. Yeah. And I never, I never called him. Right. You know, my father told me not to call him, you know, don't yeah. bother, don't bother him. But, but he just knew what it was about, man. Yeah. He knew that, that 500 of those people, those autograph people that make it a difference with that one kid mm -hmm. who couldn't get to him yeah. was much more important than all those other people getting their picture with them and, right. and, and, and getting, getting an autograph on their t-shirt, you yeah. know?
Yeah. He knew he knew what was important, and I had always appreciated him for that. Wow, amazing, great story, and you're and you're paying it forward. You're Man. paying it forward. If if I, if I was ever called as significant as that guy, or or some of the guys that have done for me, mm-hmm. I, I I would I would really be uh, happy to hear that. So. I, I, I'm nowhere. I'm. I'm in nowhere near the league that Alexis Arguello was in. So, well, you're still writing chapters so in your I'm book. Try, I'm trying. Yes, we'll, sir. So we'll see one day. Jimmy Lang, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. You got it. Like what you're hearing on the Go with John show? Let us know what you think by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with your friends. To sign up for show updates, head to GoWithJohn.com to join our list.